It's Sports Arena, and we are back with Extreme Rewind, your weekly look into the world of extreme as we look at ECW Hardcore TV from episode one all the way to 401 with every pay-per-view and special in between. You've got myself, Paul, and I'm joined, as always, by Jay. How are we doing, Jay? I'm doing all right. Um, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. I changed the wording slightly at the beginning there just to prove that it's not pre-recorded and it's live every week. It is, and uh, <laughs> uh, we we thank Anchor for the the support that we get from them in making sure it goes out on time. They own us, <laughs> but we give them amazing, beautiful content. I do say so myself. Um, yeah, we've got um, we've got some great um, great extreme coming on, haven't we? So it's a couple of interesting weeks again. Really is bizarre. I think is is one of the ways I'd describe it. Yeah, it's. Um, oh, I suppose the best way to do it is talk about it. But, you know, it's 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 very um, strange, very sort of stretched out with a lot of everything can and nothing happening and familiar matches again. To the point where, um, and I know this is jumping around, but at the end of the second episode we're going to be talking about today, yeah. that he, they start plugging the card for Heatwave. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's, that must be... It's still six weeks away. I know, it's crazy, isn't it? It, feels, it felt like kind of the, um, you know, next week on Heatwave, this is what's going to... It's six weeks away. Yeah. Side of Heatwave, though, one of the best um, ECW pay-per-views ever. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. So, um, if you think I was excited for a palooza, wait till you see me about a wave. Oh, I do love a wave over in this country. Um, Mexican heat. <laughs> Goodbye. This, this week we're looking Forward. at episodes 268 and 269 of ECW. Ocean. Oh, God, DV, Ocean Wave. Yep. Oh, should we just do a bonus show going through your favourite wave? That's what people want. Ten part special. Oh, tell us at um, underscore sports ring on Twitter and Instagram. We're listening. You want it? You get it. Simples. Um, that's the thing. So, yeah, we kick off the match with Jamie Dundee versus John Cronus. <laughs> I loved this for all of the wrong reasons. But here's the thing. So going into this, Cronus is the star. And this match should be used to get over Cronus, I'd imagine. <laughs> now, am I wrong in thinking this? Cronus, the guy that seems to have the ECW contract rather than Jamie Dundee that comes in and does, what, what's this, his third, fourth shot? Yeah, he's, he's been around working, um, everyone. Um, he so he pops happens. in a couple of matches and then he goes away again. Yeah, basically before the match, grabs the mic, as he does, being a guy who's only there for, you know, a couple of weeks, and basically tells Cronus a lot's changed since last time. They were in tag teams before, like two of the best tag teams in the world. One questionable. And um, Oh, now, come on, the Eliminators are amazing. <laughs> now, now they're both singles things. The only difference is um, you got dumped by your partner. <laughs> And I got rid of mine, which I thought was an absolute beautiful shot. And Cronus looked like this kind of shook him a bit. 
I, I, so there were some snug truths in this. Yeah, it almost feels like occasionally they're told, people are told to sort of go out there and try and rattle the boy a bit. I mean, it reminded me a lot of, um, because we've seen this a couple of times with ECW. So it does wonder whether it's kind of, um, you know, the, the office sending a message to the boys kind of thing. Because it reminded me a lot of Louis Spicoli yes, when gonna, they used to that. just rag on him being, you know, oh, all the talent in the world, but you're a lazy fucker. Yeah, dream basically drilling at home every week. Um, uh, yeah, so it reminded me a lot of that because it was very kind of, um, you know, you had all the skills, you had all the talent, and, you know, you're just a little bit... <laughs> <laughs> And he did it back to him. <laughs> he did it back to him. He saw the weird sort of hands over the head, like, ooh, shook his leg. It was, it was when so... Jamie Dundee did it, I laughed so much. And when Cronus did it, I laughed even more because I don't know what Cronus was doing. I don't know what Jamie Dundee was doing, but it wasn't what Cronus was doing. So, uh, but it is this whole thing. Does. Yeah, I, I mean, you got exactly what he what he was saying. Yeah, it was it was basically a longer version of just saying, like, grow up. Yeah, <laughs> you're fucking up your career, mate. You're so talented, but come on. And, uh, I mean, and that was that was basically the story. Was um, you know, I I dumped my partner because he was a wreck, and you got dumped by your partner because you're a wreck. Um, yeah, and. Um, it's, it's it's sad because I guess he doesn't sort himself out and doesn't reach no. his true ability. But we we said before, like obviously RVD, you know, for lack of a better term, is one of a kind. But a, a truly like screwed on Cronus had all the tools to be very similar place talent. I mean, he was he was very similar in style to RVD before RVD was there. Yeah, you know, he had the, I mean, you know, some of the stuff that Cronus did, some of the athleticism Cronus had. With ease, with ease. I mean, that, 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 that Phoenix splash and things like that were just, yeah, effortless. I mean, he was... Absolutely effortless. It's like um, sort of too cold sort of yeah. quality where you think, even now, the other day, I think I was looking on Twitter and too cold popped up that he's going to be on a card again. I think he's like, either early or mid-50s. And he's still doing, like, splashes and he things. He must that... be mid-50s. Yeah. And it's amazing, like, you know, he's still doing, like, some bits from what I've seen. You think that's incredible. It really, really is. He must be mid-50s. It's crazy to think that all this young WWE roster are all, like, 40-plus. Um, 55. Yeah, so he's still Scorpio. I mean, him and again, him and um, Cronus, if the situation was right, could have been absolutely amazing. Yeah, and, and and this he just he just was incredible. Um, I mean, I don't know if they put him with New Jack to try and wake him up a bit, or just make him. 
I, I yeah. think there was a degree of they thought they had someone there and he's just cooled off so, so horrendously. You know, you, you put him in the Dudley's feud, no one cares. You put him in the, you know, the, the gangsterators, no one cares. There, there was just, you know, he cooled off and... And um, I, I find it sad on the same level that he's still wearing Eliminator's gear. Yeah. You know, I'm not looking for a massive overhaul, but it should be like, look, you have to do something to change yourself. You can't still be wearing, like Marty Gennetti always continued to wear like Rocker's gear pretty much for ages. And I felt like yeah. it really went against him. Shawn Michaels completely just went, boom, this is me. Obviously, Saturn's being repackaged because he's a different company, but he's still massively different and and Cronus just stayed he's still wearing his um eliminators trunks and you think you haven't moved forward you're you're just a partner waiting for your partner to come back yeah and and you know you can you can see i think you know the the allegedly the stuff that saturn complained about which is why he ended up being released and you've yeah. got to think at this point watching what perry saturn is doing in wcw against what you're getting out of Cronus. Yeah. You've got to think you're back to the wrong horse. Yeah, and um, like I said, Saturn's already had a singles run at this point, any he, with a um, TV title. Mm-hmm. So that was like almost straight in. Now we'd sort of be involved with the flock and doing those bits. But um, that being said, Cronus does obviously do some amazing bits. He does pick up the win here, but somehow I felt Dundee was more over, in my opinion. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, Cronus didn't do anything to help Dundee look good here, um, and and you could see that. So so Dundee tried to do an elbow, uh, about handspring elbow, and just kind of Cronus wasn't even in the right place. Didn't wasn't far enough to make it look like he missed. Wasn't yeah. close enough to hit. Didn't register it in any way, shape, or form to acknowledge that he'd countered or dodged or got caught with it or anything. Um, so there were a few, few bits that, that, and maybe that was that Cronus was legitimately hot, but yeah. um, there were a few bits that, that they just didn't quite gel. Um, from the promo, I came away, I came away more impressed with, with Dundee than I did Cronus, yeah, because everything he said was maybe not. Well, um, he's claiming he is now. Yeah, but I was saying, but if if you'd put him as like a mouthpiece for like a, a big wrestler, or I don't mean, he could have had something. He's, um... yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, ECW at this point seems to have a lot of mouthpieces for heel yeah, mouthpieces. Um, but no, you're right. I mean, he is he is in the same vein as. A Jason or one of those, uh, and what we will see with um, Steve Carino when he gets here, you know, one of those yeah. um, gobby little shites who can actually wrestle and get his ass kicked. Exactly. But um, yeah, I like say it's, it's, it's nice to see Cronus back on TV, but it's just, um, it, it's also sad for other reasons. But so we start the show. We then got highlights of all the Beulah getting her neck broken. Um, from last week with the Dudley boys basically um, destroying Dreamer, Sam, and New Jack and Spike. 
Um, obviously, we discussed it in detail last week on the show, so make sure you go check that out. But um, yeah, the match, the main bit is Dreamer is tied to the ropes as the Duddy Boys hit a 3D on Buda's neck. Um, Buda either breaking her neck, and then Dreamer's like sort of screaming, but he can't get to her. Um, pretty powerful, uh, decent sort of thing. And then it sort of shows back from House Party 96, Beulah saying that she's pregnant with Tommy Dreamer's kid. Yes. Leave the memories alone. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we get a nice little few Beulah memories as we continue the journey and sort of send her off, I guess. So this is this has got to be the build to her disappearing because I'm assuming that if they had written her off, then they would be saying about her having her neck broken. broken. So I'm assuming it's November to remember. No, um, it might be November to remember. Either house, either heatwave or November to remember that she goes. I think this is it. I think she's gone. I thought I thought they broke Bueller's neck. That's the 3D. I think that's what did it. But no one's referenced the fact that she's got a broken neck. True. I think there's one more. I think there's one more in the future. Okay, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, she went off to... Um... She wants to go back to school or something, so she left. But yeah, no, yeah. it's yeah, it's only one more. But um, uh, so we will find out. We will find out. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's um, it was interesting watching Bueller build. Was this all of it in one go, or did we get the? They separated. It, it came out oh, later. Okay. Uh, this one with the next episode. I think it's still this episode, but yeah, there's another it, chunk, isn't there? Well, um, so yeah, so to Dogar. Yeah, I was going to say it's, uh, it, it's just a really. It, I, it was weird because I know that's the point of where you you link Tommy and Bueller together, um, but it is still very weird how they kind of moved her from Raven to Tommy in that way. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, massively. It was um, it wasn't a baby face switch as you'd imagine, especially not as um. All there are take both of them segments that sort of followed and being almost forgotten. And a Jenna Jameson situation, which was brushed under the carpet. Um, so, yeah, next up, we got the uh, those damn Dudleys. Now, first off, <laughs> they were talking and uh, Lance Wright was reintroduced. Now, I've got massive issues with Lance Wright purely by the way he walked in front of the camera and looked at the camera like anyone would give a fuck that he's back. He really came across like the biggest heel had just walked back <laughs> on your screens. And it really, really fucking pissed me off. I had this whole who the fuck are you kind of feel going on. Um, uh, yeah, especially considering... <laughs> I love your reaction to it. So, you know, the fact that he's got such heel heat with you, like, straight away... <laughs> It's white hot. I know, I know. I mean, that's that's the the biggest heel heat he's had. Um, no, but he, he he's acting like he was Jerry Lawler in a WWF angle. So yeah, but and in essence, he was because that's what he kind of adopted, wasn't it? Um, but no one cared by then. But my it, big it issue with this, boring. yeah, but this is my big issue. He's he's back yeah. from where we saw him last week. <laughs> We saw him like two weeks before that. We saw him with Furnace and Lafon. We saw him with Droz. We saw him with Doring and Roadkill. We saw him last week with Jack Victory, as I said. 
where's he back from? This is it, though. He walked in front as if just like, well, here I am. And you're like, no, more evil. But no, you just think, fuck off. So the build-up on this all the way through, maybe he's back on commentary. Maybe maybe he's back interviewing. Maybe that's the thing. Um, but the build-up on this all the way through is that um, Joel Gertner has given the Dudleys an ultimatum. Either they apologise for their heinous acts or he walks. He is not happy with it. And Joey Styles believes this and has been talking quite, you know, sincerely about how this is the case and this is what's going on. So we then cut to the Dudleys and Joel Gertner. Oh, and, and, you know, White Hot Heat, Lance Wright. Oh, yes, with me. He's, he's a line sinker. <laughs> this guy walked in the arena, stand he, up, both thumbs down, go boo. He has you <laughs> right <laughs> where he wants you. Oh, why is that not a thing? <laughs> oh, he builds that up as well. He can't even come up with a good catchphrase. Based on his name. I mean, you know, we've already said the group should be the right stuff. Yep. Uh, or he should have a tag team with um, uh, Typhoon Fred Ottoman and then someone else who I can't think of because then it would be right said Fred I should have quit while I was ahead really shouldn't I yeah if we're going to go for a a Lancey tugboat thing Lance Boat. Oh, Lance Boat. I thought, where's he going with this? It's the Lance Boat. Here they come. <laughs> the famous saying, the Lance Boat. <laughs> Although I'm not sure how, <laughs> how famous Fright said Fred, right said Fred is if you are. Um, yeah, but if, if you're watching catchphrase, that's no different than what catchphrase is like now. It's like, say what you see, Lance and Tugboat. Is it Lance Tugboat? Yes. You know, just... Any, <laughs> Say what you say. You've given up? Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) It's just... The levels um, of stuff you'll talk about so you don't have to discuss your white-hot hatred for Lance Wright. If we did a video show, people would see a stern fist shaking with my anger of this. I am a Jim Cornette. Um, Old man shouts at Klaus and this guy's this motherfucker. Um, that motherfucker. He doesn't want to do what he's It's like you lost it and you brought it back. <laughs> That's the, what makes it a good cornet. You've got to lose it and then bring it back. It's a solid cornetto. Um, yeah, it's all right. It's decent. I mean, the Dudley boys are stepping it up. I mean, that's what we get from this. They're obviously they're, they're teasing. I loathe all of the stuff with the blow up doll. Yeah, I, 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 I do dislike, and I know it's the '90s, and I know it's part of what we've signed up for and what we're watching. I do dislike the fact that you know you've got you've got Bueller, who is referred to as you know Tommy Dreamer's rat. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a couple of reasons. One, because 
Uh, I get it's edgy and all the rest of it, but looking back with 2020 sensibilities, that just doesn't sit great. And the other one is that looking back with 2020 sensibilities, all of the all of the um, biz terminology, like shoot yeah. and kayfabe and rats and whatever else, doesn't come across as cutting edge watching it back. It comes across as laden. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, um, again, I said this, we, we've said multiple times, there's, there's a lot of stuff that you feel obviously has to be left where it was, but there are still a lot of promising bits that con- uh, uh, companies could learn from and take because there are some sort of clever bits. But mm. um, yeah, no, there are definitely some bits where you think, mm, let's leave that be. Um. We find out the Lance Storm can't get in the country. That's relevant. Because it's the triple threat. Shane Douglas, Chris Candido, Bam Bam, Bigelow and Francine are there. Candido is talking about needing a partner and how he actually wishes that Lance Storm was there to be his partner. Shane Douglas says that he wants to do it. It's the quick version, really. He's got a building hatred for Rob Van Dam. Obviously, it stems from the world champion TV sort of champion, only one real champion. And, um, yeah, Rob Van Dam's making moves at the moment. He's he's very much sort of becoming a big-time player, it feels like. I agree. I mean, he is getting the rocket strapped to him. They are, they are suddenly kind of putting him into conversation with... Um, Shane Douglas and and a few others. Uh, the only thing is, it would mean more to me if it's not pretty much the same promo that Shane Douglas has just cut an house snow. Agreed. I want. I've got to know. I've got to know. Uh, and also, I seem uh, uncertain about a lot of things. Franchise. <laughs> he needs Rick Rude back picking his matches. That's the problem he's got. He can't cope when his responsibility falls on his own shoulders. It's true. Um, I I do find that, again, it's like Shane Douglas. And again, it's not him. It's going to be the company's choice. But they're almost moving him on to his next feud before he's dealing with his current feud. It's the same yeah. issue we have with Al Snow and Taz. He hasn't actually dealt with Taz yet. But he's already saying, oh, VD, I've got a not. And you think, well, Taz has been on your radar for couple of weeks keeps trying to break your arm and uh, you know and they keep talking about how it's going to be months before he can defend the championship so as much as he does these kind of you know very hidden tag tag matches and all the rest of it um because i work better injured than anyone else i don't know how big a brag that is um yeah i mean you know we we know it's going to be november until we can blow off the taz feud so even then, with you're looking this, at December and January for... So you're talking about six months out. You're building a feud for six months out. With this and him being injured, would you have kept him on TV like they have and kicked it ticking or had him off injured for a period of time, allowing Taz to then say, where's the world champion? I'm the world champion. And triple threat almost fend without him for a period. I or, or a mixture. I probably would have put Taz somewhere somehow in the Wrestlepalooza event. Yeah. And flips the belt 
had Shane Douglas go away and heal up and then come back as a shock and and either beat Taz then and there or at least interfere and and you know have that big return. Yeah, no, and if you're work. worried about him getting that that face pop return, do it in Pittsburgh where he always where he always gets the um, or Philadelphia where he always gets the heel pop anyway. Yeah, and he would have turned it. He would have turned it around if anyone did. He would have turned it around in like two seconds. And, anyway. and they're, I mean, that we were into the world of smart fans now. They're booing the heels and uh, they're booing the faces and cheering the heels. Exactly. They're they're. They're just, they're appreciating segments. So if it's a good segment, they'll sort of cheer you, regardless. It feels like. Um, so then, after hearing this information, they decide to make their way to the ring so they could tell the live crowd. Um, Shane Douglas once again said about his partner. Um, yeah, because he said everyone in the triple threat has to earn their keep, including yeah, him. I know, and I've got to know Rob Van Dam and Sabu. You versus me and Candido. So we get it, that's happening. Rather soon. Which I was surprised about. Uh, we see all of the past attacks from Taz on Shane Douglas, just in case you forgot that was a thing. We then get Candido and Douglas versus Sabu and RVD. Uh, I find it sad because Douglas just shouldn't be in there. Yes. It's as simple as that. Love Shane Douglas. Great worker. Great talker. Everything else. He just did not belong in this match. He's clearly injured. He's not in wrestling gear. I guess the surprise value is why he's not. But um, you're doing more harm than good. And it's not really... Not growing anything from this, I don't think. No. Um, Yeah, no. I, I don't think there would have been any harm... In, yeah, I mean, even to the point where you know he's he's talked Bam Bam Bigelow out of being his partner, and yeah. he's talked him out of his being his partner because he's gonna want Bam Bam to to watch his back, so that if um, uh, Taz shows up, then Bam Bam can can deal with him and stop him. Yeah, no, it's just um, oh, it's just absolutely bonkers. Um, and no one tries to so talk him out of it. I mean, you know, th- there's no one who's there kind of going, champ, you're injured. You know, this whole kind of like, <laughs> can't get more injured. Perfect. Yeah, no, you can. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what yeah, happens. Yeah. That's exactly how this works. You can get more <laughs> injured. Yeah, I mean, whatever you're going in for surgery to fix, there's other damage they could do, which need different surgery and it becomes harder if you're more injured um it would have been good for a francine to have played that role absolutely yeah really great for her to go shane you can't do this with the world champion you know you lose the belt you lose everything you got nothing to prove champ Exactly. And it's true, Uber the reason. Why is the champ the one risking himself to fight these people? Again, it's what we said about them booking themselves in. They never seem to be the chase. They always seem to be the chase. Because he's got to know. Um, and RVD uh, pins Candido. Yeah. So does he know? 
Um, did Shane Douglas get in a little scuffle with Taz during this? Yes. Yes. That's what sort of led to him to go off to then allow RVD to... Hence my stressing the point that um, uh, Bam Bam is going to be there to make sure that Taz, if he shows up, gets caught. Yeah. Except that doesn't happen. No. Uh, Taz just appears. So does come out, yeah. And... Uh, does his arm as we expected him to do. Yeah, and obviously then um, Bam Bam and Taz uh, brawl out outside and the show ends. Didn't mind it. Few few highs, not the most riveting show. Um, story based around the show, the Shane Douglas thing, so it's sort of a story within the show, so that's not too bad. But um, yeah, not not a standout as a as a classic week, I don't believe. No, I mean it was it was fine. It had some um, you know fine little bits on it, but but no, you're right. It wasn't um, it, it wasn't like a a brilliant showing. Yeah, it wasn't. Obviously, we we say like you need to go back and watch this, watch that, and this just isn't one of them. There's all right promos, but it's nothing outstanding. No. Uh, we get episode two hundred and sixty nine. It starts off with Bubba in the ring, um, mocking ECW fans, basically taking the piss out of himself and the initial stuttering gimmick he had when he was a face. I really liked this. I did. Like I said, the Dudley boys are, you know, they're, they're picking moments to sort of excel a bit and really get across. And this felt like um, Bubba sort of winded up the crowd, but still getting a lot of sort of good. Sort of good heat in there. Big fan of this. So, didn't mind that at all. And now, speaking of not minding, we had, um, oh, what was it called? It was something extreme New York Battle Royal. Thing. Yeah. Right. Uh, was it Rumble's, Rumble style street fight, basically? I mean, it was War Games out of the cage. Because yeah, they, yeah, they, they, you know, two people start off, then every however minutes, I don't think they even mentioned a new participant adds on these four on four teams. And for uh, the, the third person coming in, it was another one of the Dudleys that gave them the two on one uh, advantage. Yeah. Was it Jack Victory who came in? Because it was the Dudley, the three Dudleys plus Jack Victory. Yeah. Exactly, versus yeah. so uh, Dreamer, Sandman, Spike, and New, New Jack. Jack and Spike, yeah, exactly. Right, so there were bits of this that I really didn't mind. Then it kind of went to a stage where I really got quite bored of it. Yeah. So I thought Bubba and Sandman were great. Chair versus Kane. Bubba keeps cutting promos, which is a lot of hatred towards Sandman. Basically saying he has a cane, he has beer, he's got nothing else. He's been paying his dues longer than Raven's been. Fucking your wife. Yep. wife. Which, uh, which was like beautiful. It was, a, it was a stiff shot. It was a great, um, great sort of jab. Not massively relevant at this point, but still um, a, a good nod to those who know, know. So, um, yeah, didn't mind that. And... Uh, uh, Jack Victory basically came out next. And, you know, it was a whole sort of live by the cane, die by it, as they continued to beat him out. We then got Dreamer came running out with barbed wire wrapping one hand, 
And he kind of clinged house. And at this point, I was starting to really get into this match. Yeah. I, I felt like the Dreamer coming out and that, that combination there, then obviously Devon sort of coming out and starting to clean. And then it just sort of went a bit meh yeah. for me. With Spike, New Jack and all that coming out, I, I lost it. I, I fell out of interest with it. But when Dreamer come out and the, obviously the Devon was the last sort of bit, I actually enjoyed all of that. Yeah, it was. It, 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 you kind of zoned in and out of it. Um, and mm. uh, that was that's my, my big criticism of the match is it's a match that you easily found yourself zoning in and out of. And the, the editing and the cutting didn't help with that terribly um, because it jumped in really weird places, I found. Um, so you couldn't really get into a rhythm of the match because they'd cut it up so much to fit in that it yeah. um just jolted yeah. all over the place. And but we did get the debut of the Dreamer Driver, a move that was dubbed as everyone on Mondays will be stealing it. It's that good. Yes. So there we go. Now we know. Look forward to that every Monday. Did anyone adopt it? Um, I mean, it's it's. I was trying to think if anyone did adopt it. Not necessarily on the Mondays, but like since. So it's a little bit like the Kryptonite Crunch. I was going to say, it's similar to um, like nowadays, obviously, Seamus. But he does it yeah. behind. And um, did... did um, Finley do it in WWE? Yeah, I was going to say Finley as well. A variation of not, yeah, it's not really. I've seen it in games and stuff. I can't think of anyone. I mean, it 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 feels similar to the snowplow, although that's more of a slam into. Yeah, I was going to say driver. Minimal, minimal change. Yeah, minimal change. So maybe, may I, I mean, I don't know. I can't remember what finisher. Al Snow used in ECW. Was it Moonsault? It was. It was the Snowplow as well, though. Sure, he used that as well. It wasn't as crisp or evolved, but it was a, mm. a version of. Um. Yeah. So basically, skipping to the end, Jack victory pins New Jack, and it's over. Yeah. I think out of all of them, I'm guessing you could have put Spike to take the loss, but New Jack losing. Makes sense as these two will be meeting. Anyway. Yeah, they're building the the Jack victory, New Jack feud. The feud you That's never thing, knew you wanted. Least... In fact, you still don't know you want it. That's the thing. It's like um, New Jack is desperate for his own feud, so I'm not against that. He's he's sort of getting caught up as just in the middle doing sort of plunder, but no real reason for any of it. So. It'd be fun to actually see him in a feud where he can actually cut promos on an individual rather than just sort of variable, you know, just he's just talking. So, yeah, be fun. Um, we then got highlights of the Beulah Bill Alfonso match where Fonzie saved his job and bled like a madman. Um, yeah, still fun. Go back to the archives, listen, and watch that um, one because that's a crazy match. Folks. Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, uh, really interesting. So, uh, yeah, just um, still, I'm, I'm still back on the, the the 
the match. It, it was just, um, again, just occurred to me, it was funny how um, Sandman continues to get absolutely buried. Yeah, like we said, we don't know the behind the scenes, but obviously we know he is leaving at some point. It just feels like they know he's leaving. And verbally as well as now physically, they're just absolutely destroying him. It's just the fact that, like I said before about Dreamer and Sandman winning the tag team belts, if the Dudleys were the champions and the payoff was going to be that Dreamer and Sandman finally won the tag titles, then you can understand all of this. But from everything I can see, it's not really like a payoff in the no. sense that, they, you know, there's not, I mean, I might be wrong. I don't know all the cards inside out, but it just doesn't feel like from memory there's anything massive. No, well, I'm assuming this kind of goes through. And I, as I said, I, you know, the Dudleys, I, I think, probably still have a date with Bueller to come. Um, yeah, I guess they'll meet again in some form. Yeah, I think that's a, another six man. Um, yeah. And then I assume after that, we're going to spin into Just Incredible versus Sandman. Because that's his last feud before, which is why Credible gets the cane. Yeah, we get to finally get Credible as a cane, which is a game changer for him again. Yeah, I mean, I think. I mean, so we're not far away from, from Tammy Lynn Bitch. Yeah. So then we have Lance Storm with Dawn Marie. We have Credible with a cane. So we, we, we're probably early 99 for the Impact players. Yeah. No, it's, um, it's all moving in the right direction. Mm. Isn't it? Um, the yeah, we then get the I Quit match between Jerry Lynn and Justin Credible. <sighs> Struggling because it's a good match. It really is. And we, we, we say about, you know, if you're going to check one match out, then, and I think this was probably the best match of the two. Of the shows, 100%. 100%. Um, yeah. You know, really good match. But... But... Fourth week in a row, is it now? Uh, so you've had Jerry well, Lynn. Not, well, consistently, yeah, so you've had Jerry Lynn the review. caused the upset. Yep. I mean, how much of, a, uh, of an upset it is where they started literally a week apart from each other? And, you know, just incredible, hasn't had the greatest of runs. You know, this upstart, this whatever. Um, yep. But. Um, so Jerry Lynn won with the upset. This was so shocking they had to go to a two out of three full match, which Credible won after cheating. And then that wasn't decisive enough. So they've now gone into an I quit match, which after all kinds of shenanigans, Jerry Lynn wins. Yep. With the ringing from um, uh, uh, from Styles about how this wasn't an upset and or he's upset him again and all the rest of it. And you're kind of sitting there going, well, but he's won. He won the first match or the first match in this series because 
I think Credible lost his second match to a debuting Justin Credible. Uh, Lynn lost his second match in ECW to a debuting Justin Credible, if I remember. Yeah, because it was one week, one week yeah. apart, wasn't it? Lynn won one and then in the second match lost. And we were kind of sitting there going, well, why? Why? Anyway, so... Well, every, everyone, why him? Yeah, 100%. I mean, surely if you're, you're claiming it's an upset and all the rest of it, and you're really kind of, you know, the underdog, blah, 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 he doesn't win a fall because technically he's beaten him twice. So by the end of the, by the, end of the, the two out of three falls, in this... Formation mm. of the feud, ignoring the, the 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 opening match between them, you've got Jerry Lynn who's pinned yeah. Justin Credible twice, and Justin Credible who's pinned Jerry Lynn twice, and you could say that's the reason yeah. as to why you've now gone into an I Quit match to kind of give that definitive. Except, what you're saying is that the the two out of three falls match wasn't definitive, in which case why bother with a two out of three falls match? It's it's just like like you said, um, easily the, the go and see match of the week from these shows, but um, yeah, it's, it's rough. It makes no sense. Even having the heel say "I quit" when you could have like really stacked the odds against Jerry and done something, it just feels like this is nearing the end of the feud, not at the beginning. I, Again, there's been no interaction, no promos. We. We just we talk about how ECW, you know, absolutely just <coughs> rockets into these blood feud style things, and you kind of sit there and go, you know, how how exactly did we get here? And this feels very much like one of those in the sense of, um, and oh my god, and look at this, and this, and that, and oh oh my, god. and you're kind of sitting there, and, wait a second, what, what, why, why? Why are they a, a a thing? Why why is that a? Why is it this 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 burning issue between them? And the burning issue seems to be the yeah, the feud no. seems to be because Jerry Lynn beat Just Incredible. Well, that's how his feud with Mikey started. And the great Sasuke. And no, and and, and so it is. It's that weird kind of. But wait, what what? Yeah, you get one win and you're suddenly involved in them. Because how dare you get a win? Hmm. Yeah, no, he's, um, the whole situation is strange. And like I said, in, in the purest form, these guys have amazing matches week yes. in, week out. But uh, when you're putting them in matches week in, week out, it just needs a little something behind it. And the other it. thing is, so and you're right, and it needs to be why this is going a on. little something behind it that isn't exactly the same as the other little something behind the last one you've done. So, you know, just incredible has been upset by the upstart Mikey Whipwreck. Okay, one of you is a triple crown winner, and one of you's been here for three and a half minutes. Um, and he's embarrassed, and he's cross because he's been upset because he got upset by, and he, you know, he lost to, and he shouldn't have lost. And then you did pretty much exactly the same feud with Jerry Lynn. Yeah, it's. Um... It's weird. I'm sure, again, they're going to carry on until Heat well, Probably, yeah. Just trading. I think they go on the way. I mean, it's only six, so yeah. But again, what you, like you said, what, what can you do at Heat Waves? And, and yeah, again, think... that's the thing, you know. So his, his first match with um, Tommy Dreamer was a first blood match. Yep. And his second match was a, was a straightforward match. 
Yeah, that was the one they were building towards. Yeah, no, very yeah. bizarre. Um, so Lynn picked up the win, as you rightfully said. We then get video highlights of Taz's feud with the triple threat as a unit. As we imagine, uh, yeah, and a little there. bit of retelling of history here, as, as ECW are famous for doing. So um, Taz was so shocked at losing that out of character and out of sorts, he shook Bam Bam's hand. And it was only after he saw RVD beat Bam Bam and re- realized that he would not be able to take that belt back from Bam Bam that he went really off the deep end and created the FTW championship. Really? Yeah. Because none of that was said at the time. It's, um, no. But again, it started off with him and Bam Bam with a respect yep. thing. And then FTW belt was sort of a, a knock at Shane Douglas. But then a week later said, this belt doesn't actually mean shit. Yep. You got the real belt. Which I'm Pissed still off. Yep. very confused about. Well, it's just, why would you do that? What's the point of going to crank the belt and then saying it's just crap? Well, it tricked him um, into being yeah, in part so of the triple threat this... for, for about four minutes. We got other gold. But, um, yeah, no, it's um, a, lot, a lot of fun. Um, I mean, there's a few sort of bumps where it doesn't make any sense. But I can tell, again, it's what they're doing. is like they want the pay-per-view to be next week. They know they're stalled in. They're basing it around a feud with Shane Douglas, and they don't know when he's returning, so they can't pull the trigger on it. But uh, we've seen before, they should have just done a full force with the Bam Bam. You know, it should almost be like a Heenan family, where Shane Douglas is like, you can't get through my boy don't even look at me yeah and um look what bam him and bam bam have such a unique powerful angle of they literally went through the ring and he defeated taz that why is taz not trying to avenge that over everything else is beyond me yeah that's that should be his main priority it should be like shane i'm coming for your world title but bam bam i'm coming through you don't think I've forgotten what you did to me. And oh, just anything. I don't know. It just seems so like it's almost like not these dodging bam bam because he does fight and when he fights him, fights back. But he just almost wants nothing to do with bam bam. Yeah. And it just confuses me because you'd think that's the that's the shot. If you're gonna sell a pay-per-view for ECW off one video, it's gonna be Taz getting driven through the ring. And saying this happens, this match is happening again, and it would grab people's attention because that's the most different, like quick time thing that you can show people at the moment. Showing someone physically getting thrown through the ring with a familiar face like Bam Bam as well, it would have been the advertising they needed more than anything else. Yeah, I mean we've we've said before um, how uh, you know they are. They they were a, a social media organization years before social media. And here again, you know, that that that's such a gif it still is in, in 2020, 22 years after it happened, it's such a gifable moment that yeah, I mean, yeah. why is that not your big thing that you just continue to to drive and push and and sell and talk about? Um I mean, that's it. You literally could base a whole feud around it. Yeah. And they sort of, they, they are, but they 
also very much not. Yeah, absolutely. Weird, isn't it? Um, it's insane. It's insane. But that does bring us to the end of the shows this week. Again, a lot of a lot of good bits. It's just um, some confusing bits. They just they almost need pay per views every three weeks. That would almost work for them, or a special every three weeks, because they seem to have like really good booking, but it seems to just fall away for long term. They go around in circles and try to delay. Or just do the match every week, depending who you are. Yeah, it, it it they always are a few weeks heavier than they need to be. Yeah, like we, we like we said, we we pointed out massively with the Shane Douglas Al Snow, like instantly we we're just like, is the pay per view this Sunday? Because they are hundred percent front everything at this, and by the time we got to the pay per view, Al Snow to a point with an afterthought and Shane Douglas was feuding with Taz to the point they already had a bit of scuff earlier yeah. in the show. But, yeah. It's weird. But, um, yeah, check out episodes 269 and Jerry Lynn versus Justin Cribble I quit match. Um, ignoring the story, um, it's still a very, very good match, so that's worth... Um, watching if you were just I think it's an even better match if you don't get bogged down with the story they're trying to tell yeah agreed 100% because um, yeah that is a lot of fun so that's definitely um, worth watching and if you wish to get involved in the conversation exactly you know we're talking extreme we've seen loads more ECW Instagram and Twitter pages popping up now. It's starting to really heat up. It used to be just a couple of us, but now there's loads and loads and loads. So um, it's a good time to relive the revolution with us and all the others and enjoy it. Um, obviously, we share a lot of things. And, um, yeah, we always love discussing all the bits. So if you see a post, throw out a comment underneath and throw out something because we will start talking about whatever with you because we... Enjoy that with ECW chat. And you can find these pages at underscore sports arena on both Twitter and Instagram. It is that simple, but it is there and it is ready. It is true. Um, uh, We are building to ride a crest of a wave. And I'm excited. Oh, I'm excited. And we'll be back next week for more ECW hardcore TV as we, continue the journey to heat 